The way the story was told me, when my father got out of the Navy after World War II, he cussed like a sailor. Now, if you had known my dad, this would be a tremendous surprise to you. Um, that he was not willing to let this remain part of who he was in the world. And so he made a promise to himself that he would eradicate this behavior. You know, and do whatever it took to stop himself from this habit. So to break himself of this habit, anytime he found himself saying a curse word, he pinched himself until he turned purple. Now, I don't advocate for masochism. Um, And I am not sure what methods, you know, may have worked just as well. Maybe a rubber band on his wrist. I don't know if he needed aversion therapy. But but what I do know is that in my entire life, I never heard my father say one of the expletives that have become so ubiquitous. or the phrases that they show up in either. Um, He got his hand caught in a lawnmower once. And all he did was go, Woo! He made a promise to himself, and and he uncovered a part of himself that he thought was better that was more respectful to present across cultures and across social occasions so that he could get along with more people, respectfully. He wanted to live into the promise that was his promise, but he had to find a way back to it and out from under stuff that had buried it. My father also tried to teach me that if you break a promise, then it wasn't ever a promise to begin with. And I, with this, I take some exception. Our lives are ever in flux, And we have to do what we can to adjust to those changes and remain in integrity, don't we? Still, there are things in life that we cannot possibly foresee coming our way. Like, I don't think women should be held to stay in marriages with an abusive spouse. But quoting a sting song, I've never made promises lightly, and there have been some that I've broken, I think. 
Um, but like the contrapuntal words to our hymn, Come, come, whoever you are. Though you've broken your vows a thousand times, come back. Return. Come back to begin again. What was the last promise you remember making that was of consequence? Well, since covenant is another name for a promise, if you knowingly and willingly recited our unison affirmation this morning, I would say that was it. Our congregation's unison affirmation may or may not strike you as a promise of consequence, but I see it as very serious pledge. It asks us, in community and alone, to promise to dwell in peace, to continue the search for truth, and to serve others always in love, from love. If the promises that we make carry little gravity with us, if we make them um, mindlessly or without being attentive to what we're doing, then they have no value. And when people need to be able to trust our word, they can't, right? Reliability is a trait that I think has become less prevalent than perhaps it once was. Maybe I just grew up in a particularly sheltered world. But the, but the examples that I saw were if people said they were going to do something, they followed through, no matter how insignificant. What they said they were going to do was... The adults in my childhood followed through. So I believe that people say that they're going to do something with the best of intentions. And we uh, things fall off our screens. We forget. And I think we probably have a lot more to remember. Maybe... Our hard drives have just gotten saturated. We need ways to download. Um, But that kind of reliability is how trust is developed and how trustworthiness is established. Even though it's, some of this weather has been a little bit hard to discern as spring from its warmth, this is spring. This is early spring. 
We're in the middle of Jewish celebration of Passover, commemorating when God did the work that set up freedom for the human people by making the cost of keeping them enslaved too dear for, for the Egyptians to be willing to pay. In gaining their freedom, the Hebrews began a new life. They were renewed, resurrected, if you will, as a people. In their newfound freedom, God tells them, here are some rules. And rather than 10 of them, there were 613. And the covenant was, if you keep the rules, then you'll be okay. But the rules weren't kept. Covenants are made and broken and new covenants are formed. At some point or another, we all have faced failure. At some point, I think we have all been disappointed in ourselves. But poets tell us that character is more about how we handle our failures, losses, and disappointments than it is about our success or how we handle that. The promise of spring is that we too can rise up from the dormancy or barren seasons and find trust in ourselves to start over. To find our promise that is that which is us, that which is our true nature. We forgive our own imperfections and we start over to develop new habits, maybe. Just like crabgrass in a driveway, no matter how fragile those leaves are when they're first coming up, nothing that rigid and inflexible can contain life. Within your own nature is the promise that is yours to bring to bloom. Because some of us arrived at Unitarian Universalism um, from other traditions, we've brought with us some opinions and responses to the stories of Easter and Passover that do not necessarily leave us open to the lessons of the season. Uh, the other night, I happened upon a Catholic television station, and the priest was standing there talking about the uh, seven last words of Jesus. Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And his presentation was trying to, in a rational, intellectual fashion, tell the people that were sitting in the congregation the difference between the Godhead, the embodied Jesus, and the Holy Spirit that connected them. 
but he was being intellectual with it. And when the camera shots went to the congregation, the nuns were falling asleep. One of them was dead to the world. And another one kept covering her mouth with huge yawns. And, and then they would show some other camera shots. And there were other people who, who were doing that thing where your eyes start to close a little bit and, and kind of flutter, but then you blink them up open, you know, shake yourself awake. And, it's, and I think that was because the man was not trying to talk about the way that these stories relate to us. The life that is there now in any of these stories that have layers, just like any other good story, that we can dig deeper into and find nuance in. And as we change, as we develop, our understanding can shift with whatever the formative stories are from your life. The promise of Easter is that we have within us the power to come back to life when we have become numb and lifeless, to clear away what callousness we may have developed, what indifference or presumptions we may have found and buried pieces of us we have buried away or entombed. This is from Richard Fuchs. Whatever your losses, whatever in you is dead, frozen, rigidified, You've got what it takes to weather the storm and come through the other side of Good Friday, which was the time that Jesus was crucified, to the resurrection of Easter. Hear that message of Easter. What's true about a story that gives people hope for life is true for you also. I look out at you and I see amazing potential and promise. Sometimes we're overconfident. Sometimes we're not confident enough. And sometimes we dress one in the other just so that people won't know. But when we awaken the promise that really is our own, we don't have to dress it up. We don't have to doubt it. We just let it come back to life and feed the world around us.
We have the power to bring life back to our own living and to resurrect the promise that is our own.